What good is saying the right things if you're not doing the right things? That is the nail that James is continuing to hit in this part of James. We're in James chapter 2, starting at verse 14. The very first verse says, What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? In other words, he's saying one thing, but he's not doing another thing. He's hitting the same thing over and over, just like we saw before where he says, what good is it to hear the word but if you're not doing the word? What good is it to believe the right things, to say you believe the right things, if you're not actually following them, if you're not actually obeying them? And he says that that kind of faith is worthless. And then he gives us three examples of, of people uh, to kind of illustrate that for that us. But let's start off with an example where he just builds on it. He says, verse 15, if a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace and be warm and filled, without giving them the things needed for the body, what good is that? God, bring someone into your life where you can meet their needs, and all you do is pat them on the head and, and, and say, be filled and go on. It's like, why aren't you being obedient? God has told us to be merciful to the people that need mercy. He says in verse 17, So also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. That is a worthless faith. It's not a real faith. Saying one thing and doing a different thing, it doesn't matter what you say. What you do is really what defines who you are. Verse 18, But someone will say, You have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. He's saying that, guys, these things go together. And he's going to show it here in a second, that our actions really prove the authenticity of our faith. Again, you can say you believe something all day long. You can say, I care for people in need. But if you don't actually do it, at some point we've got to say, well, maybe you actually don't believe that. You actually don't believe that. In other words, your faith is worthless. Your faith is, is dead. You, first example he uses, verse 19. You believe that God is one. In other words, there aren't a hundred different gods. God is one. That's what the Old Testament teaches. God is one. You know, there's a lot of important doctrines about the doctrines of the Trinity and the identity of Jesus, the Holy Spirit, the Father, their attributes, all those kinds of things. And if you believe God is one, like he says that he is, he says, you do well. Good for you. You believe that. But even the demons believe and shudder, which is like, that should scare us a little bit. I mean, have you ever considered the fact that in reality, Satan and all of his demons, they all know all the truth. I, you know, I think they, they know theology, they know doctrines better than we know doctrines, better than the best theologians in history. They know all the true things. If you were to ask a demon to write out for me a statement of faith and a declaration of the Trinity of God, it would be completely and totally accurate. Knowing the right thing doesn't mean anything if we're not doing the right thing. Verse 20, do you, do you want to be shown, you foolish person, that faith apart from works is useless? 
And then he uses our second example with Abraham. Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up his son Isaac on the altar? An incredible story, an incredible test of Abraham's faith. God had told him all the promises that he had for him and his future and the nation and how God was going to bless the entire world through his offspring. And yet God then tested him by asking him to sacrifice his son Isaac to him. And, and, and by Abraham taking those actions, by taking those steps, he's saying that Abraham proved that his faith was authentic, that his faith had value, that his faith was real. You see that faith was active along with his works, and faith was completed by his works. And the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness. His faith proved that it was authentic by his actions. And he was called a friend of God. You see that a person is justified by works and not by faith alone. And in the same way, was not also Rahab the prostitute justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out by another way? For as the body apart from the spirit is dead, so also faith apart from works is dead. There's our third example of Rahab the prostitute. You know, remember Rahab was in um, Jericho, the very first city that the nation of Israel defeated as they went back into the promised land. If you turn just a couple of pages back to Hebrews chapter 11, Let's see, verse 31, this is the famous uh, faith chapter in Hebrews where he's going through all the different people uh, that, 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 that showed their righteousness by their actions, proved their faith by their actions. Verse 31, by faith Rahab the prostitute did not perish with those who were disobedient because she had given a friendly welcome to the spies. Now, Rahab's story, I think, is just absolutely Amazing. If you turn back to Joshua chapter 2, we can read exactly what Rahab believed. And again, uh, belief in, is, is proven by our actions. In other words, if God says, here's what I want you to do, our faith is proved because we obey it. We, we know something true about God. We know what he's asked us to do, and then we act on it. That is real faith. And, and, and I think an important question and study for us to answer is, so what exactly did Rahab know? I mean, she's just a, a Canaanite in the, in the city of Jericho. She's a prostitute. She's not Jewish. She doesn't know anything about Israel or God. But here's actually what she, she knew, Joshua 2. Starting in verse 9, it says, she says to the, to, the, um, to the spies, this is what she says, I know, okay, this, she's, she's telling us her entire statement of faith. This is what she knows about God. And because of what I'm about to read, she acted in a way that proved her faith. She says, I know that the Lord has given you the land and that the fear of you has fallen upon us, and that all the inhabitants of the land 
melt away before you. In other words, she's just like everybody else in her countryside who's saying, who's cowering in fear because of this nation of Israel that's represented by some God they don't know. But she knows that he is powerful because of what he's done. For I've heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea before you when you came out of Egypt and what you did to the two kings of the Amorites who are beyond the Jordan to the Sihon and and Og, whom you devoted to destruction. And as soon as we heard it, our hearts melted. They're, They're gripped with fear. And there was no spirit left in any man because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in the heavens above and on earth beneath. There was zero invitation given to her. There was no like signs posted around Jericho. Hey, if anybody will join us, you get to be a part of our nation and survive. She just said, she was like, okay, I know that he's God. He is God. He is the God of of the heavens above and on the earth and everything beneath the earth. That's who he is. So I don't know if I can be a part of what they're doing, but I don't want to be on the losing side. I want to be on the winning side. So she started acting in accordance with what she knew. And that proved that her faith was real. So I think the important question for us to answer is what do I know? And how am I being obedient to that? What has God been instructing me in and leading me in? How am I pursuing and trying to find out? Because again, I love that about Rahab here. Is she's actually actively pursuing God based on the very limited amount of information that she has. Which I think is another interesting contrast between the demons who have complete and total knowledge relative to us. Then you have Abraham who had a lot more than Rahab, but obviously not as much as information about God as we have. And then you have Rahab who had very little information. And we know now that Rahab is actually in the line of Christ. So she became a part of the Jewish nation, married an Israelite man, and then have children that became from her descendants, brought us the Messiah, Jesus. So I think this is a remarkable passage back into James. Really wants you guys to think about and consider, am I really taking God seriously? Am I really acting in accordance with what I say I believe? My actions should be showing what I truly believe and therefore proving that my faith is not worthless. My faith is real. 